0: seven days a week, 24 hours a day, my radio contact.
1: Podcast. I'm Rob Paxson, and we're ready for one hour of soul for a devil's chat. Join me. We've got Paul Whiteside. Did you have a good weekend. Did you have a good New Year, Paul.
0: Yeah, it's been good, mate. it Been busy and, and what have you. Yeah. It seems so flown by. It all Christmas, doesn't it? And uh, you know, building up to the, the friendly game now against. Against winter the season just seems round the corner now, doesn't it? I got in to see old oh, just before Christmas and seeing the players, you know, are at, at training and the new face, faces in there. So, yeah, it's becoming exciting now, Rob. And, uh, you know, build up to the first game, even though it's only a warm-up game, is always really exciting. So I'm looking forward to the weekend.
1: Yeah, it feels like ages since we've done a podcast, Paul. But obviously, you yeah. know, Christmas and New Year, it all kind of blurs into one, doesn't it?
0: It does mate, yeah. I mean I had one day off me over Christmas, Christmas Day. I worked my birthday, it was working on the 22nd and don't feel like I've really had any time off, <laughs> really. I've got uh, this Saturday off. I managed to swap my Saturday for the match this week. I'm supposed to be in this weekend, but you know, with my job this time of the year, I mean, I suppose with yours as well, you're just dead busy, aren't you, like in the winter time and that. So uh, so I'm looking for some time off, but it pays for itself, you know, in the summer. I get a bit bit more time off. So when the the important time when the rugby matches are on, I've got time off, so I'm not bothered. I'll work all the hours God sends in the winter as long as I've got my me, me time to watch Salford in the summer. So, uh, so yeah, but it will be nice to. Uh, to go to a match this weekend because I've missed it and I've missed doing the podcast as well Rob it, it does it, um, when you're not doing them every week you, you feel like you want to get it off your chest and, and talk about them don't you so I'm ready to, not to waffle on tonight but to, to get some things off my chest anyway
1: Yeah there's loads going on, we've got all the big news uh, coming out of South Red Devils um, over the last couple of weeks, uh, you've got your interview with Ian Watson and um, Luke Dudson. Gil, Dudson Gil Dudson, I was close um, we preview the game against Swinton Lions on Saturday, Paul, and also we're going to have a look through your dream team um, and see what what you've come up with there.
0: Yeah, I didn't pick as many as what Joe picked. I've just gone for thirteen and four subs. So um, there's a couple of positions where I couldn't I couldn't split it really. I had a few uh, thought, oh god, how can I can I pick? So there's a few where I've I've made a decision, but you can correct me if uh, you disagree with me Yeah, so
1: let's uh, start with the news. Coming out of all for Red Devils uh, since Christmas. So let's look forward to the game. Swinton Lions on Saturday. Tickets are available uh, from the club uh, £10 for adults, £5 for, con- for, con- for concessions, uh, £15 if you want to be a VIP, and £10 if you're a concession VIP. And under six goals for free. Good price is that uh, for the Swinton game and the Wigan game.
0: Yeah, certainly. they going to be two good games as well. You know, Swinton have uh, made a couple of signs. Gavin you will be lining up against us, won't we? He uh, was with us last season, so it'll be interesting to see how, how young Gavin goes on. And, you know, last season was a, was a competitive game against against the Lions as well, and they'll bring some supporters down. And it's a, it's a local local match as well, a local derby game. We don't have to play Swinton much anymore. We've not drawn him in the cup for years, have we? So the last sort of competitive games you had have been in that, that, that Rail Cup, wasn't it? Um, in the lower league so the uh, the friendly games now is the only chance we get to, to play them really so I think it's great to, to play them there's a bit of a friendly I always think it's a friendly rivalry some people might say it's not some people might say there's a bit more to it than that but I think it's great to play your local uh, your local rivals and I'm, I'm sure it'll be a really exciting game on, on Saturday obviously Swinton are a league below us and I'm not saying for one minute we're going to we're going to batter them but I'd expect us to, to win the game but you know Stuart Little has done a good job there hasn't he with, with Swinton and they had a tough, tough season last year, but they've made some, you know, some promising signings for this season. And, and Stuart's uh, done his apprenticeship there now, hasn't he? He'll be open to build on that this season for what's going to be a really tough championship season for them. So, uh, so yeah, I'm expecting it to be a be a really tough game.
1: Yeah, it's a 1 p.m. kickoff on Saturday. Paul it gives the, the, the boys a run out uh, just after all the pre-season. It's good for you know morale and hopefully, hopefully a good win to start the 2019 season.
0: Yeah, certainly, but you've got to get that ring rust out, haven't you? We can do all the pre-season training in the world, can't you? But you're never going to be match fit until you've played matches and played games and got game time under your belts. Obviously, there's new players coming in as well. There's going to be new combinations. Don't forget Jackson Hastings, his, his partnership with Robert Louis, they've not played that many games together, have they, really, when you think about it. So they've still got to gel together properly for the, for the Super League season and, the, and what comes up in the 2019. And then, obviously, the week after we've got a game against Wigan, so you're building up to that, that Huddersfield game, aren't you? So the Wigan game will probably be, no disrespect to Swinton, but a tougher test, won't it? But you've got to start getting rid of that ring rust first and I'm sure the, the match against Swinton will be, will be a good start for us on on Saturday.
1: Yeah, talking about the the game on Saturday, uh, in Swinton, Swinton Lions have organised a Memories Day uh, for Soul for Devils and Swinton Lions fans. Can you tell us more about that?
0: I can, yeah Rob, just let me work this iPad because uh, I've got the photograph of it here, hang on, (laughs) it's how technical I am, yeah I've been to one of these before, it's at the um, Critchley Community Hub on Charlie Road in Swinton, it's the Age UK place down there, it's tomorrow, um, Wednesday the 9th 11.30 11.30 a.m. I think Stephen Wilde's going to be doing it. He's the club historian at Swinton. I think he's a director as well and a club official. Nice guy, Steve. Uh, met him a few times. He's, he wrote that book as well, the big Swinton Lions book, so he, he, he's he got an awful lot of knowledge of, of Swinton. And, uh, I'm sure if you get down there, you'll, you'll hear some famous tales of history between the two clubs in, in derby matches. I went to one... Um, I think it was last year, it was about the uh, the old 60s teams and the history of, uh, of Station Road. It was really, really interesting, I really enjoyed it. Stevie Moyes was down there and we had a good chat and uh, I'm disappointed I can't go tomorrow. I'm working too much, it's my day off on Thursday so I would have liked to have gone. But if you're rounding about um, down near Charlie Road tomorrow, I'm sure you won't be disappointed Get down there. There's refreshments available, get a cup of tea and, and uh, talk about soccer and Switzerland. What could, more could you want on a Wednesday morning? Hmm.
1: Yeah, I suppose it gives everyone you know, chance to talk about the good old days, Paul, and you know, it, especially building up to the game on, on Saturday, you know, it gives that little bit of extra back to the fans, doesn't
0: it? It certainly does, Robin, I mean, there's been some fantastic matches between the two clubs over years. if you go back to the, sort of, this, this 80s and, and the 90s, there were some great games, if you go further back than that, you know, Swinton had some great success in the 60s, they were probably the best side in the country, weren't they? They used to wipe the floor with us a bit then, didn't they? And then, Obviously in the 70s, Swinton were a bit of a yo-yo club, they are up and down weren't they, so we we played them then as well, so there's been some great games over the years, I mean if you ask a Swinton supporter they'll tell you all about 1981 and 1985 I think it was when they had some shock wins over us and big wins over us and you know, we'll we'll talk about the '92 game when uh, Hadley scored three tries at Station Roll. there have been some great games, aren't there, over the years? And a, and a great rivalry. It's just sad that we don't we're not both in the top league anymore and fighting against each other. And I'm sure, hopefully, in the future when. You know, Swindon can get back up to uh, the top league. That'd be that'd be great if they could. But there's some exciting things happening there. Andy Mays is doing a great job as their chairman. We've met him a few times on the on the sports zone. He's a great guy, and I think they're trying to get a a stadium back, aren't they, in the in the the town of Swinton So a lot of exciting things on the horizons there, and uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, welcoming him to the AJ Bell on Saturday.
1: Yeah, other things that are going on in the world of South Red Devils uh, Club 13 uh, are going to be relaunched on the 28th of February uh, when we play Ellens uh, at the AJ Bell stadium they, they do a great thing for all the local businesses in the area to sort of sort of engage with each other uh, through the Salford Devils and hopefully you know generate a bit of money for the club
0: yeah, definitely. Uh, that's a, a big thing, is Like, sponsorships and, and working with local businesses. I'm sure that's something that we're, we're going to need out for this season, especially with, like, the finances and things like You know, we've got the squad builder going, but if you can get on side with local businesses, and it's all about money now, Rob, We need to get as much income as we can into into the club, and, you know, if we can network with the, these sort of people and, and build some bridges and build some good relationships, that's um, going to stand us in good stead.
1: Yeah, you get, if you want to, obviously, get involved in that... Um, I think it's nine hundred ninety-five pound plus that. You get two um, VIP season tickets and lots of other great things for your business to, you know, you know, reward staff or, or you know, uh, help other people in your in your networking circle to generate a bit of cash for yourselves and and for for them. So I think it's great. I think it's great. Hopefully, you know, Club Thirteen will grow from strength to strength, parland. You know, help in every way they can.
0: Yeah, certainly that's what we need to do, Rob Dalton. I mean if you can get businesses to, to bring people to, to the match, get them a box in there, get the interest going, you know, it's, it's only going to help, wasn't it, to, to, to grow attendances and grow interest in the club. I think attendances is like the the, the, the word in everybody's lips, isn't it? But I think before that, you've got to grow the interest, haven't you? Put, we've spoke about this loads of times, about putting your name out there and, you know, getting people involved in it and interested in it. So, uh, so yeah, that, that all helps uh, pushing that forward.
1: Yeah, if, you wanna, if you're a business and you want to, Know more about that? You contact club13 at solfradevils.net uh, and they'll tell you more about it. Uh, Supporters Trust have a general meeting, Paul, on the 15th of January as well. That's uh, you know going to be very good, that, I reckon.
0: Yeah, the AGM is at the annual general meeting, so I'm sure you'll yeah. be finding out everything what's going on. I, I'm not like a dead big expert on these sort of things, but I th- think AGM is when like, you find out how the, the finances are and, and this, that, and the other, and just a general sort of... What's the word I'm looking for? the general gist of how things are going for want of a better word so, so yeah we've not had a meeting for a while with the support, trust when was the last one we had was it at Shandos was it that one yeah something like that it was a while ago was there yeah
1: yeah, yeah. a fantastic job obviously you know it's all about engaging with, with the club and you know having a body like that helps
0: yeah it certainly does I mean they did a lot of good work last season we had some cracking nights last season didn't we you know, the the Seven Brothers Brewery night was an absolutely brilliant night, wasn't it? Was it, it May time? something like that? It. it was a while ago, wasn't it, that when We got the 97 side back together. We all had a great night. And don't forget all the good work they did with the supporters' trust buses as well. They got them going last season. I'm sure that'll go from strength to strength this season. And I think they'll have other things up their sleeves as well. Look at the stuff they've done for the Junior Reds at Christmas parties and, and getting kids involved. And I know my little girl was thrilled day. She doesn't do like, social media normally, five saw her um, name on the um, the Twitter page I think it was Dr Devil put it on your know, happy birthday and all that she was, she was five on uh, on Sunday so the, the kids love all that don't they and they get the, the free autograph books and things like that last year for, uh, for junior members so, um, so yeah the supporters trust was a breath of fresh air I think last season and the more that can grow and grow because I, I still don't think every supporter or every season ticket holder is a member and to me if you are got to be a season ticket holder it's always you've got to be a member of that as well and you know, and, and really support that so uh, so yeah if you can get yourself down to um, is it Shandos next week where the AGM yeah. is at Rob? It's
1: Shandos yeah, so, his... Sanders, yeah, Shandos Sports and Social 7 o'clock start on Tuesday they invited uh, Director Paul King to give an update on the progress of the club and they're hoping to of players and coaches questions and answers as well, which is which is really good, I think, Paul.
0: Yeah, certainly we've got the radio next Tuesday, do not we? Mm, are we yeah. going to uh, are we going to go straight there after the radio? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> it's important. Like I said, we do you know we do the so, uh, the sports on and so City radio to try and you know promote help promote the club to the the, the outside world and you know things clash don't they sometimes just the way it's.
0: They do, they do, Rob. They do. You've just got to. Um... Be on our toes. Tuesday's a busy day, isn't it for us? So, uh, so yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll we we'll sort something out. Yeah,
1: I think we'll sneak in at the back. I reckon that might be, that might be a plan.
0: Yeah, you drive like Batman as well, Rob, don't you? So you can be there. You can be there dead quick anyway. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um. Obviously, looking looking at other news as well. Uh, the club have announced uh, prices, uh, for the 2019 season. Uh, discounts if you if you buy online. Uh, on um, or buy before you know the game get game day. Uh, that's a good way I think for the club. Uh, to entice people in because if you're going to buy on the day it's going to cost you more
0: yeah certainly certainly isn't it it's, it's good to give them incentives, incentives like that isn't it to buy things online and get things early and that as well and hopefully some more people will buy season tickets Rob because it's not too late I know you won't get the early bird price now but you know, season tickets are well worth buying aren't they you know if you can get one it helps it helps the club as well doesn't it Getting your season so you getting that money on the table as well And like we said before the, the squad builder's there as well but these sort of little incentives are, are, are good and we want to try and get as many people through the door as we can next season I mean don't like being negative me but I saw, I saw something I think they put the average attendances out didn't they for the last three seasons and ours is sort of sort of nosedive really from the from where we was in 2017 I think we're on about four and a half thousand or something it's gone like, it's about two and a half last season so there's like two and two thousand people that have suddenly stopped going so if we get these people back and especially now looking at the squad I mean we'll, we'll talk about the, the team later but an exciting looking squad in it with the likes of Jackson Hastings there now and, and Joey Lussick coming in plus some of the guys we've brought in as well you know Ken Seo big signing from, from Newcastle Knights there so uh, so there's, there's exciting times ahead I think for, for Ian Watson and the boys
1: Yeah, I think obviously having the uh, sort of online price and pre sort of game price, it kind of gives you know the club an opportunity to go out and sell it uh, to to people. Um, Hopefully, you know they've got enough juice in the tank to do that because obviously people who want to turn up on the day, you know, it's a fiver difference. It's a lot of money if you're you know a family uh, going up to watch the game, and you know it makes a lot of difference in it saving the uh, saving the old pennies.
0: Yeah, he does, doesn't he? especially if you've got a couple of kids with you as well, you know what kids are like, they want a program, they want an hot dog, they want this, that and the other, so if you can make a saving and that, I mean, my missus is always on that, I think, what's it called now, Groupon, is it, yeah, come on. where you live, <laughs> but I don't even know what the hell it was, but she seems to go on that and get a coupon for everything now, I think you've got to do these days, haven't you? things aren't, aren't cheap, we sound old now, don't we Rob, but things aren't, aren't cheap anymore, I was surprised when uh, I went out for a pint at the weekend for um, my little girl's birthday I went and just had, a, had the one like you do, and it was like nearly four pounds a pint yeah. for an altis. And it's like, what? <laughs> yeah, but I think yeah. it's just the way it is now.
1: Yeah, like life is getting more expensive, isn't it? And, and people have to kind of tighten the belts. And, and that's kind yeah. of the way, obviously, looking at you know, people getting season tickets. It's good the club had a kind of the idea to be able to pay it in installments because not many people can just drop 250 quid, 300 quid you know in in one payment can and let's be realistic in in the, the sort of the world we're living in at the moment
0: no, but especially at the time of year as well, Rob, because when you see it's coming on sale, you're talking November, December time, aren't you? And that's when people are pushed to the limit, aren't you? you? I mean, I don't have a credit card, but many people do, don't they? And you're buying Christmas for your kids and, and things like that. Say so you've got birthdays around December time as well. You're really, aren't you? And then You get that credit card bill that people get in January as well. It's a, it's a busy time of the year, isn't it, it's time of the year, to be forking out that sort of money. So you can pay things in installments and, and whatever. You just shout a bit, doesn't it?
1: And I suppose, you know, the club having that option to pay in instalments, you're kind of hoping that they'll sort of push that, you know, for, for people outside our bubble because, you know, people will start sort of having a cheeky look, won't they, see what Salford are doing? And yeah, you know, hoping that maybe they kind of do a, you know, extend the deadlines for season tickets to give ch- people a chance to, to have a look and think, you know what, I'll buy a season ticket rather than, you know, keep paying 25 quid each game.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think they should. You know, if we can get a good start to the season, Rob, as well, people sort of sit up then and look, don't they? I mean, a couple of years ago, we had that good start, 2017. I had the crowds that go through the roof, but we were getting decent attendances, weren't we? So, uh, you know, if we can build that sort of momentum this time, you know, get a win at Huddersfield, win a couple of home games and get off to a good start. You know, I mean, you look at the two games we've got. I mean, playing Swinton, aren't we? Obviously, it's not, you know, no disrespect to Swinton, but if you beat them, it's not really going to, perk people's ears up, but you can not Wigan off the week after, you know, beat, beat the champions. Um, you know that that'd be something. One that send out a bit of a message. So it's vitally important that we get a good start. I think to get people believing again in, in the club, and you know, not everybody's going to buy a season together some people like to see see the winning team, don't they? And that's, so if we can if we can start well, just might grow that momentum and uh, make our bubble get a bit bigger. Rob Hopefully,
1: yeah. Uh, let's look at the other news coming from uh, the rugby league. Um, new rules, Paul, coming into play for 2019 season. Uh, yeah, yeah. What, what do you make up? the, sh- the shot clock? Um, kind of 35 seconds for a scrum, uh, 30 seconds for a drop out, 80 seconds for a goal kick, um, eight uh, interchanges rather than is it 10 now? Uh, and then you've got what they're going to do. Yeah, is drop down to eight. It, yeah. yeah, they're going to stop the clock um, for every stoppage when there's five minutes to go, as well as the golden point thing. So. What do you think about? Let's start with a shot clock for the scrums and the dropouts and the and the drop kicks. Do you think that's a good
0: idea? Um, I'm a bit on the fence with that, Ron Robert. With scrums and that, you've got to be careful. I think we don't make the game too fast because sometimes now the, the, the games are like lightning, aren't they? Especially where, where scrums used to be the only sort of time you get a break in play, really, where players could have a bit of a breather. And if you if you're doing that sort of stop clock now, when are the players going to get a minute because the game is so quick now? it's going to be unbelievably fast, isn't it? So, um, so, and, and people who are new to the game as well, who are watching it, sometimes they can sort of think, what the hell's going on here? It's, it's so fast. I can't keep up with the, with the rules and things like that. So, let's not make it too quick, because it, it is a quick sport anyway. But, Regarding the dropouts on that, I think that's a good one because teams can waste a lot of time with dropouts, can't they? Faffing about, kicking the ball dead and playing for time and wasting time. So, yeah, I think it it could work. I suppose it's one we'll have to keep our eye on that because especially with the scrums and that, let's let's just make it too fast. But um, I don't know, I'll have to see how it goes, that one.
1: I'm happy with the scrum shot clock because I think, like I say, a lot of messing about, um, you know, like just standing about basically for like 20 seconds... True, like they're trying to get oxygen in the tank, aren't they? To you know, to go again. Yep. Um, yep. I understand why why they have a shot clock there. The the dropout one for thirty seconds. You know, things like that. Pe- you can, people can can bend rules. You know, things like that. when people go down. You know, with a possible oh, yeah, head injury, there's no way the referee's going to count for thirty and then play on. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna stop the clock and, and let the person get treated, whether they're injured or not. So I I think that's going to going to be interesting how how teams manage that. Uh, and then the the goal kick one for eighty seconds. You know, does it take that long to take a goal kick? I don't know what our average kind of goal kick thing is, but eighty seconds seems a long time when you when you're trailing.
0: Some people are quicker than others at kicking goals. Out. I remember my dad always used to tell me about a guy called Colin Tyra, I think he played for Wigan. And <laughs> I remember him saying he used to take like about five minutes to kick a goal. So um, who else did we have? That Fran Obotik? That bottega used to take ages, as well, didn't he messing about making a mound of sand and all and all that? He well, didn't used to miss many though. So, um, but some players seem to take an age, don't they, uh, kicking kicking goals? But I think eighty seconds should be should be plenty of time really to kick your goals, isn't it?
1: Yeah, should be really. Uh, and you have got eight interchanges down from ten. uh yep. it Kind of gives the players a kind of you know less time, um, kind of on the bench really. they will have to be more fitter, won't they? The forwards will have to be you know, more built for stamina rather than for strength to... Yeah. Well, yeah,
0: he 's down to your coach, I think, how we how uses them there, isn't it? I mean, you look at a lot of teams now, they'll play with four forwards on the bench, won't they? You know, They go top-heavy with props, don't they, and spell the props. They might have to do it, do that differently, perhaps just play with two props on the bench. And, you know, your second rowers might have to play a bit longer, your loose forward and your rock might have to play 80 minutes. I'm not too sure how they're going to do that. The coaches will all have their own different ways of doing that, won't they? But... You know, it's dropped right down, hasn't it? With twelve subs a few years ago, so it, that is uh, that is coming down a, a lot. But I think the the blood bins don't count, do they? In the um, the head the head check ones, I think you know if you go for the head injury and the head assessment, that doesn't count either. So, uh, but eight eight's a, eight's a drop from ten, though.
1: Yeah. Uh, next one is a stop clock uh, stops every stoppage with five minutes to go, uh, which kind of builds builds the tension, builds the drama of the uh, of the final few minutes. But for me, that should why is that not all the way through? Why do we have to wait till the last five minutes before that happens?
0: That just seems a strange one to me, Rob, that. I I don't agree with the golden point either, to be honest with you. I think um, it's just another sort of Australian rule, isn't it? We we tend to to take things off the Australians, really. but we've always had draws over here, haven't we? Um, I mean, I I don't know. I'm not a fan of that, to be honest, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I've seen some great games that have ended up in draws. Um, why, Why... but I have a golden pot. I don't know. Perhaps, perhaps I mean, it will make it, it him dead exciting. I don't know.
1: Well, it just becomes like a drop goal. A fond done it. You get within forty yards and you try and drop a goal. That's that's what. You yeah. Do perhaps I'm point. still a bit
0: sore from that uh, Matty Smith one at St Helens a few years ago. Maybe.
1: Well, I think it'd be better if it was golden try, because <laughs> obviously then players they'd have to play, wouldn't they? You know.
0: Yeah, that, yeah. That, I tell you what, one. you 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 come up with one there. Yeah, golden try. Isn't that a good idea?
1: Golden
0: try. Yeah. Send yeah. that, that to
1: the RFL. <laughs> it might go on. You might go on for like three hours or something when they're both dodgy doing five drives and a kick till someone makes an error. But uh, I think it'd be it'd be better because obviously people would have to move the ball about, would not they? Rather, you know, if you get basically you're going to get two attempts, aren't you? Because these professional yeah. players, aren't they? And to be fair, yeah. you, should, you should be dropping a goal. You know, if you're, if that's what you set is, you're going to drive. You know, to the wall yeah. of the middle, get within forty thirty yards, and have a pop at you. And then well, they all teams out. are going
0: to do, aren't they, Rob? If yeah. you go to golden point extra time, team, all teams are going to, it's just going to be a drop goal in it. Yeah. Like it was when I mean when we played OKR in the million pound game, there was only one thing we were going to do in that that set of six there, one to Try yeah. and drop a goal. All right, it was it was a brilliant drop goal, but you weren't really going to force the pass we and go for a try. So so yeah, golden golden try would be something else, wouldn't you? But. How would you do that? Because you wouldn't want to force the pass because you wouldn't want really, to like, concede an interception, would you? But yeah. it would make it really exciting. Yeah. You
1: know what I'd do? I'd have golden, golden try and every, let's say, two minutes take a player off. So then Take you'd a player off? Take a player off of each team. So you'd have 12 men, 10 men and you'd have more space to run into because you'd have less men on the pitch yeah. and then more mm. you know, chance of a try. I, think. I thought you were
0: going to say take a tackle off then. So no. make the tackles like count short. so like five tackles, four tackles, three. No, so you no. just like
1: take the player off, gives more space to throw the ball about him. So yeah, you know, but like a
0: game of sevens in the end, that's wouldn't it? it then.
1: You know, uh, goes on for uh, ten minutes. You only end up with whatever five people. You'll have to, you'll
0: have to put that one to the listeners, Rob, because I reckon okay. you might have um, a, bit, a bit of a varied uh, opinion on that one. To you be know, honest,
1: throw it out there if anyone anyone wants to, you know, come up with an idea that's the realistic idea that people would improve our game. You know, I, I, I'd i be happy to, to pass it on. I don't know where to pass it on to. Maybe
0: Adamson, well, you've been all good passing it on to the RFL one, because <laughs> the ideas they're the coming up at the moment, as we'll talk about probably with the Catalan thing, is yeah. just ludicrous at the moment, so it can't be any worse.
1: Talking about the Catalan thing...
0: um well, I set you up nicely there, don't
1: <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Might not be sort of, uh, defending the Challenge Cup, as the RFL have asked for a £500,000 bond, just in case they get to the, uh, the Challenge Cup final again. Um, obviously, the Challenge Cup final is the prestige trophy in the RFL, and we yep. want the the uh, the event to make money. And Catalan Dragons getting to the Challenge Cup and not bringing a massive amount of people over probably caused that not to happen.
0: It's funny you should say that though, because Catalan Dragons got to to Wembley in two thousand and seven against St Helens and it was full house. Uh, and that- and I know, I know that was the first one back at Wembley. Yeah but they sold that one out. So, surely, is it not, you can't put the, the sort of the blame and the onus on Catalan. It, should it not be up to the RFL to make sure the the game is publicised and, and, and things are sold out and you get you advertise it and things like They've got a responsibility there, Rob, it's, it's their competition, shouldn't they? I mean, let's just look at the RFL for a minute. I mean, I'm not one of these people who's got no confidence. I'm not really bothered. I just support my team and get on with it. But, how far away are we from the season? The Challenge Cup's not even got a sponsor yet and the season starts in about three or four weeks and they've still not got a sponsor for the Challenge But ladbrooks are not doing it this time so they've not sorted that out. So, really, they need to get their own house in order before they start having to go to Catalan Drags. And another thing, I mean, you look at Catalan, you get sort of 7,000 home support. You know, say Huddersfield get there or Wakefield get to Wembley, is it going to sell out? If Solfer gets to Wembley, is it going to sell out? Or we are going to have to pay a bond as well because... You know, you know, I'd like to think so for a like a massive following to Wembley, but but will we though? I'm not so sure whether we will. So to me, to, to say to Catalan, you've got to pay this, this bond, it just seems really unfair. To be honest, you know, the AFL in, in rugby league wanted to spread the game and wanted you know in Toronto over there and in teams in Catalan, and now he said, oh well, you've got to pay though. It just seems a bit two faced to me.
1: Yeah, but for me though, Paul, obviously like you say, they're getting seven thousand, ten thousand in, in in Catalan. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, to get to Wembley, to get to the Challenge Cup, you've got to buy a plane. You've got to buy a, uh, a hotel. It's not like you're just rocking up. You know, you know. Say if we got to Wembley, our expense wouldn't be as much as if you were coming from France. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and and their hardcore support would would come over, which you're going to get. Yeah. you know, and I understand that, and understand. Yeah. You know, the the risks you have when you want to expand the game. To all the you know the four corners of the earth and and you know, whoever wants to play it, but the RFL have to take sort of the roughest move because Catalan Dragons might get to a Challenge Cup final, and they yep. might only be seven thousand people turn up from Catalan, but that's mm-hmm. the way it is. That's the that's the risk you take when you're promoting, you know, clubs from 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 abroad and and, and all over the world because fair enough, the fanatic fanatical fans there's ten thousand of them in Catalan. 10,000 of them won't all jump on a trip on a plane and come over, and that's the fact.
0: I think another thing, though, Robert. I mean, me. This is me having to go at the RFL now. I think there's a there's a bigger picture to it, Rob. I think it's the, the RFL have a duty and a responsibility to make sure that that final sold out. There should be community clubs there. There should be tickets to all the clubs. You know that, that go out there. You know people should want to go you know, people from Cumbria, people from Yorkshire, people from all the clubs, you know, you've got all the clubs in League One, all the clubs in the Championship, people should be going from all them clubs, they should be interested because it's the Challenge Cup, it's a prestigious competition, but that to me, has been eroded away by bad management by the RFO, by no advertising. You know, really sort of downgrading our our holy grail is the Challenge Cup. You know, it's like the FA Cup in football. It doesn't matter who's in the final. It's It should be something that you, that you want. I mean, I'd give my right arm to watch Salford get to Wembley and, and, and play in a Challenge Cup final. And to me, every supporter should feel that way. But I don't think they do anymore. I think... I don't think people seem as bothered now, do they? Is that because Sky have sort of put all the onus on the Super League? I don't know. There's probably a million and one reasons, that really? But I think sometimes the RFL need to, to look at themselves and, and how they portray the, the Challenge Cup. I mean, it's our pinnacle, really. It's the, You know, it's the one trophy, it's on the BBC, it's on a Saturday afternoon. You know, you, you've got to market that better than what we do.
1: But it does have to make money, Paul. Otherwise, yeah, it does. It, it, does. it, wouldn't, it wouldn't exist. But I, I understand, fair enough, you know, I, you know, inviting you know people from all, from different countries in, to play our game and expand the, you know, the, the game. That's great. But for me, the, in this situation, when this happens, this is, shows has it really been a success? As expanding the game outside our M62 corridor, you know, has it has it ultimately been a success? Because I'm into Catalan Catalan to stump up five hundred grand just in case they win the just in case they win the Challenge Cup again. Because basically, basically for me, that five hundred grand shows that that's what the RFL lose if Catalan get there.
0: Mm. I understand what you mean about spreading the year, I mean, yeah, great, you know, they get decent crowds in Catalan, but on the whole, as it sort of lo- lo- it raised the profile, sorry, of, of, the, of the sport of rugby league, as having a team in Toronto raised the profile of the sport of rugby league, as having a team in London, yeah, there's lots and lots of kids who play the game in, in, in the capital, but how many people go and watch London Broncos? How many people know London Broncos exist? And that's, that's what we're battling against, really, Rob, isn't it? You know, we've got a team there in Canada, and you know, people and the people in Canada really know Toronto Wolfpack exists? I don't, I don't know, dude. Do I think in in the grand scheme of things, I don't really think these things have, have worked. I mean, Carland to a certain extent has because they slowly but surely built their, their crowds up and they're getting full houses every week. You know, but if they get to to Wembley, obviously like you said, it's a, it's a different country. It's a, it's a real big debate you could have. That I mean, I don't know. It's. Um, we need a whole show to, to go on about expansion, mm-hmm. wouldn't we, and, and things like that. I mean, I'm not one of these like dinosaur people that will say, oh, no, it should just be played in on the M62 corridor. No, I'm all for expansion having other teams, but let's do it the right way. And sometimes the RFL just seem to, I don't know, just do it their own way, don't they? And, and don't listen to the supporters.
1: I just think, what they, like they say, they've gone for Catalan, they've gone for Toronto, when really they should have gone built from the base up when you know the Catalan Dragons and Toronto, you know success, and they, they, you know they've, they've, they've won promotion and stuff. But they'll get to a point where they will be competing in the Challenge Cup, and they will be competing at the very top of Super League, the Grand, you know, the Grand Final and stuff like that. And you can't guarantee yeah. that 10,000 Frenchmen and 10,000 you know people from Canada are going to jump on a plane and come over, because it's not going to happen. That's the fact. <laughs> I don't.
0: I don't. I don't think you'd ever guarantee that, Rob. I think it's the same if you had a, a, a football team. Say, um, who's Wayne Rooney play for now? Someone in America. Say, well say they played an English team in some sort of competition over here. Would you think they bring over ten thousand? I don't. They, they might not do. You, you don't know, dear. Do it's just the logistics of it. Are people going to travel that far? I'm not too sure. But just the way we have the, the competition, I don't think there's many other sports who who sort of do competitions like that. Is there where... They'll have in their domestic competition. They'll have teams from other countries playing it. I mean, I know the FA Cup has like Welsh teams and what have you done it, but they don't have you know French teams and and, and Canadian teams like we do. So you're always going to have that. And as those clubs get more and more investment, like Catalan and like Toronto, they're pumping another five million in this season. You would have thought they're going to get better, aren't they? Going to get better players, and then they are going to be challenging. So in the near future, the chances are Toronto are going to be playing in Super League, aren't they? You know, once you're in the Super League, you've got a chance of getting to that to Old Trafford or, or to Wembley, aren't you? So yeah.
1: I think bottom line, where we are now, you've got you've got to let them in. You've got to let them play in the cup for, for nothing. Really. Do you think
0: they should have to pay half a million? No. You no. Know, because
1: the RFL decided to 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 uh you know they wanted to expand the game, and that's the price you pay.
0: Yeah. You lose definitely. your money.
1: That's the way it is. I'm with
0: you. I'm with you on that one, mate.
1: You know, and that you know, I, I think it will. The game will expand, but for me toronto and, and and Catalan I know the there is French rugby league in there, but that should be a bigger profile yeah really you know from what it is now with Catalan dragging the super League, the RFL should be looking to sort of maybe join up with the French RFL and say, right, can we build your domestic league up to be as big as our super league? Give you a bit more money you know the, the world of you know rugby league gives them a bit more money to build their... Their domestic league, so then possibly you might get the best players in that domestic league playing for Catalan Dragons in the, in, the, in our league, possibly.
0: Yeah, you know, I think I think you've got the talent there in the south of France, have There's some good players down there, and there's a lot of uh, competition down there, isn't there? You know, on down there, and the French leagues are a decent standard, now, aren't they? And I've often thought that why not. I've Catalan playing in the French league, but you know they've done well since they've come to Super League, and, it, and it's raised their profile. And you, and you can't, you can't really argue, and they've really competed, haven't they, over the last few years? And they've got to Wembley twice now in the last ten years. So, and they've done well in the playoffs, haven't they? A couple of times. So, I don't know. It's um, like I said with the RFL at the moment. It's just the things they come out with, all that to me that pay half a million. I just think it was a bit of a kicking the teeth for yeah. French rugby. League.
1: It's just a mixed, ma- it's just a mixed message. We want to expand the game, but when you get when you get good, you're gonna to have to pay for it.
0: Yeah. yeah. But
1: really, if you're gonna if you're gonna expand the game and you're gonna to go to the likes of Toronto and you're gonna to go to Catalan and you're gonna to go to wherever Red Star Belgrade, if they get good and they get to the final, you take the financial hit. That's the way it is. If you want if you want the game to be like that, that's what I. That's
0: think. it. I think you're right. Yeah.
1: So that's all the all the news coming out of uh, the Devils and the uh, nationally. Uh, What we'll do now, Paul, we'll have a quick listen to your interview uh, with Ian Watson, which you uh, spoke to him pre-Christmas, didn't you? Yeah. And here it is now.
0: Right, I'm delighted to say for Devil in Detail and Salford City Radio Sports' own Christmas show... We've got Ian Watson, South of Red Devils head coach with us. Ian, how's preparations going for 2019?
2: Yeah, really good. Um, we're just tailing down now to, to Christmas. We've had our last kind of major training session today. We'll, we'll be in tomorrow, but that'll be just kind of taking over a bit of conditioning and things like that to finish off um, before the Christmas break. But the, the boys have done really, really well. They've been really receptive to everything we've kind of done in the pre-season and little things and little details that we wanted to change from last year. Have been received really well and then we are just showing the boys this morning how well that's been done really over the pre-season so all in all it's been
0: really beneficial for us. You had a massive boost at the end of last season with Jackson Aston staying, how important has he been on and off the field in this close season?
2: Yeah he's been outstanding in his, his mentality with his training, he's a, he's a real competitor so he, he wants to win everything that he does whether that's conditioning or whether that's certain games that we're playing, um, he's kind of a winner in that really and that's kind of lifted the standards of training because everybody else is willing to compete and trying to beat him as well. And then it's just really rubbed off on everybody with the competition that's run through the group in the
0: pre-season has been outstanding. How excited is he to sort of pit his wits against the, the, Le- the Leeds, the Wiggins, the St. Helens? Obviously he didn't last season, he was in the middle eights. Next yep. season he gets that chance against the, the best of the best, doesn't Yeah,
2: it? well that'll be more to prove kind of what a quality player is. We've seen what he's done against kind of the in the middle eights um, and against teams like Leeds were in there as well. So there were some good teams in there. But the test will come when you're playing your St Ellen's away and your Wiggins away and people like that as well. Um, we've had a good pre-season, we've run against um, a couple of teams in pre-season as well, um, which Jacko's definitely held his own and looked like the standout
0: performer on the field. So, what Can you tell us about the other guys that have come in? Oh, Ken Seal's a big sign, a big statement. Yeah. He's arrived today, I believe. Yes, he has. Yeah. What do you expect from him next season? Well,
2: we'll get him on training field first. <laughs> but yeah, um, look, he's a proven finisher, he's a proven try-scorer. There was no secret, we we fell down in certain parts, we we could open teams up, we just didn't finish certain aspects of our execution off last year and he'll definitely bring that as well, as well as being able to, the kick returns, he's very strong on them as well and he's safe under the high ball as well. So he brings both aspects of the game really, when you're looking at wingers now, sometimes you only get a winger who can finish or a winger who can bring you out of the backfield. In Kensio we've got a person who can do both as well but the utility value about him as well being able to play a full back and
0: centre is a big plus for us as a club Gil Dudson's come in from Witness. He he's yeah. a very experienced player played a lot of games for, for Wigan and Widnes. Yep. you know what you're going to get with him mate. he's going yeah. to be 100% sort of player
2: yeah he's been outstanding mate in pre-season to be fair um, he's really has set the standards for some of the forwards as well and he's leading that way He's, I'd say he's been one of the most impressive forwards in pre-season to be fair. so it's a, a big wrap on him and hopefully he can take that right into the season because generally if we can get good pre-season into people we'll have good seasons.
0: And who's this big this big tall guy?
2: that we've oh, he's, Adam. He's, he's taller than me yeah. Adam, he's absolutely yeah. huge isn't he? Yeah. must be
0: excited to get him on the pitch. Cause
2: yeah he's just he's had, had a little bit of an injury <laughs> last week so we watched it. we're just being a little bit careful with him at the moment but he's recovering pretty well, we thought it was a nasty one at first but he's, um, he's proving to be pretty durable so he'll come back into training after Christmas with us, and then hopefully we can get him up to speed before the friendlies, and then we can get him out there. But in training, the actual sessions, we've had him in, which were about for the first four or five weeks, he was absolutely outstanding in there
0: and looked really good. What are your main sort of goals for 2019? I mean, looking at the coaches in Super League now, i mean, we're not saying like one of the older coaches, but you've been, the, you're one of the longest sort of serving coaches now, aren't you? is it your fourth season this now? Yeah, yeah, fourth, fourth season. full season. Yeah. So.
2: For me it's it's about doing, doing my job and trying to be better every year and trying to learn and there's a lot of stuff that I learned in the off season this year and with regards to what we actually faced in this season as well and spent a bit of time of going around and talking to different people as well which has kind of structured the way we train this year and the way we manipulate stuff so Hopefully that will come through, and the way we explain it to the players will be shown in the way that they perform um, once we get back out there on the on the games.
0: Yeah, excited for it to start now. It's you a long close uh, season, right?
2: You can't can't wait. To be fair, um, obviously the season seems to be getting brought closer um, into January nowadays, whereas it normally used to be in the middle of February. So it's right at the start of Feb- February. So our friendly games start a little bit quicker. But to be fair, I can't wait. Now we've got a really good group here, and we're just excited for the season to start. We, we're confident in our own ability and what we've got in our group, so we just want to get out there and have
0: the chance to kind of prove it to other people now. With the structure of the league being changed, there's a lot of pressure next season not to finish bottom. You always yep. be looking at that, but how do you feel as a coach about the way the structure of the league's been
2: changed? I think I think it's better in the long-term picture of the game, so you can um, recruit more smartly. When you're and you're in the eights, you're not really certain. You can finish kind of ninth and get relegated. Um, so you never really a hundred percent. So you kind of your recruitment goes on the back burner, and everything gets delayed in in that process. It's like witness they didn't. They kind of recruited with Gellin, and then it's coming to it now. And now Gellin's playing in the championship, and I think he'd either had a choice he'd rather probably played in Super League in there. But they've ended up having to move a lot of players on as well. So in terms of recruitment, it can help or hinder in that way as well. But as a club going forward, if you getting potential sponsors in. Like like we're a club without a benefactor, so we probably need the certainty of knowing that we're playing in the league. So if we do our job this year and we're sat nice and comfortable coming towards the end season, we can start planning for the year after in terms of sponsorship and recruitment and all the other little bits that go around it.
0: How happy are you, are you with your squad? Will there be any more players coming in, or do you think you're settled now? Do you think that's it? Or
2: ideally, we'd still like to bring. You, you always want to bring yeah. some more in, and like it's no secret we don't play to
0: salary cap and.
2: As will all be, be dictated by finances, by what we're allowed to kind of spend on the sustainability cap um, from the RFL. So hopefully we'll be able to add a couple more in. But if not, right this moment in time, we look pretty healthy and we're really happy with the players and the quality of players that we've got at this moment. How
0: good is it as a coach it, has it been for you to see the, the squad builder gaining pace? I mean that must bring you and the <coughs> excuse me the players together and yep. bond them together. Seeing how. Well, the supporters are behind you. Willing to put their own yeah, money. I think in. it
2: brings everybody uh, more together. I think the big thing here from Salford is probably it did lose that kind of community kind of feel to it and community link as a club, and they want to have that partnership and we want to grow that. This year, there's been a lot more done in terms of kind of media, in terms of community linking with the players, with the staff, um, going out and doing a lot more kind of promotions, if you like, and it's something that the boys have all bought into. They know that this is the Salford way now. We're a community club. We're dictated by what we generate and we have a big part to play in that by getting out there and linking with the community and doing our part but also the community have their bit to do as well by hopefully coming in and watching the games and also joining the squad builder because the people who've joined the squad builder this year have give us a big lift and give us a big boost really and that's probably enabled us to do a couple of extra things and hopefully will enable
0: to us to do going forward what's the team spirit been like in the closest I mean I've seen you guys at the is it Ninja yeah, totally, place yeah. you went to yeah. and um, was it Nando's you're always in Nando's yeah, aren't you we, you we, spend a lot of time in there don't yeah, you yeah
2: we've, we've done quite a few different things this year we've um, my big thing was kind of the team spirit was making sure last year we were very good um, although it was a very I'd probably say it was the toughest year we've had um, here as as a team, really, with everything that we faced with new owners, new fi- with finances and everything else like that, um, to get through the season in the way that we did, really, in kind of the team spirit, and we didn't que- we didn't really question things. We made sure that we knew what our job was and we did our job. And there's always at the back of your mind these certain things, but the group stuck together really well. So this year we've focused a lot around our kind of team spirit and the activities that we've done as a group really to make sure that next year going into the
0: season we've probably got one of the best team spirits in the league. Brilliant. Well, thanks very much for taking time out to speak to us, Ian. I shall see you for the Swinton friendly in January. All yeah. the best. Merry, Merry
1: Christmas. Christmas yeah, Merry Christmas. So that was you, Paul, talking to Ian Watson about uh, pre-season so far seem quite happy how it's going
0: yeah he certainly did he's really upbeat yeah I think it was just the week before Christmas I think that was and the players all looked in, in good shape I mean particularly the, the new guys uh, Gil Dudson looks in, in tremendous shape I spoke to, to Gil and he's really fired up and ready to go and he's a very experienced player as well so I'm looking forward to seeing him in a Salford shirt and Greg, Greg Burke looks in tremendous shape you know Greg since he's come in he's got a really fantastic attitude since he's come in from Witness. and I think he's going to be another one for, for next season to, to watch out for. So yeah, it was it was great to see all the players and you know they all looking, um, they all looking they always seem to have a, a good camaraderie between them as well. So a uh, good uh, good sort of team spirit is the word I was looking for. So yeah, I'm mean, I'm really excited to to see him you know together on the pitch and Adam Lawton as well. Seeing him, he's massive. <laughs> he's six foot seven. He's really tall and he's he's a guy with a lot of potential as well. So we've got an exciting exciting team there, Rob. I think I think we've strengthened in the right places. I think there's certain places where we're still a bit thin. Uh, we've not got the biggest squad in the world, but you know our, our sort of first choice 13, you know, which is it's as good as any side I would have said. Especially in the halfbacks, you know, Jackson Aces and Robert Louis, you'd, you'd argue to say that probably one of the best halfback pairings in the league.
1: Yeah, and here's what Gil Duxton had to say to you uh, in that interview.
0: Right, joined by Gil Dudson, new Salford signing, just been speaking to your coach and
3: he says uh, you're doing really well, you're ripping it up and you're you enjoying your time at Salford so far? Yeah, I am, um, you know, it's nice, it's a bit of a bit of a different environment to where I was the last couple of years, you know, and it's something a bit different and new and, you know, it's a good challenge, I'm enjoying myself.
0: You're an experienced player, you played a lot for Wigan and Widness in the top flight, are you looking to bring that experience into this sort of, it's a lot of young players at Salford, Yeah, isn't definitely. On?
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely, you know, we've got quite a young pack, really, Um Quite a few younger players within the squad, and you know, anywhere where I help out, then you know, I'm more than happy to lend an helping hand. How's the pre season been going up to now? Has it, has it been tough? Yeah, it's been tough, like I say, a bit different to what I've been used to the last few years, but you know, it's been really good. I've really enjoyed myself. Raring to go now for the yeah, next definitely. season, you're going to enjoy your time off. Did you get a bit of a break now before? Yeah, we get start? it was the first time I've ever had a bit of time off over Christmas We're going Widness. Um, kind of trained all the way through. Widness, obviously, we had that game against Warrington. So to have a few days a few days off over Christmas is a bit of a nice change. So sit down with the family and have some nice time off. Where's your preferred position going to be next season? Is it prop forward? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's only position I can play. <laughs> is it or I was going to say Can you not play in the second row or anywhere else? Oh, it's... I can do if I absolutely have to. Yeah, but no, I'm a front rower So it's prop forward for you next <laughs> season. But yeah, what are your goals for next season? Then playing in the Salford side. Um, just to establish myself as a you know a starting front rower in that squad every week. Um, I think that's everyone's first and foremost that's what you want to you want to nail yourself down in that position and you know just kick on from last year you know a couple of boys came in back in the last season and they kicked on as a team and they were a real handful um, you know with Jackson and Joey coming in you know hopefully just add to that and kick on again this year You've got a couple of lads in there that you all know very well: Greg Burke, Ed Chamberlain,
0: and Adam Lawton. Did you play with them at Widnes? No, I didn't
3: play with Adam, but I played with Lee at Wigan uh, with the time there. And also, yeah, I know Greg played with Greg at Wigan and Witness and Ed from Witness as well. What's the team spirit been like? And I know you alluded there to the signings coming into the, towards the back end of last season.
0: What's Jackson Hastings like to play with? Because you see a lot of his stuff on the social media, and he just seems to give everybody a lift, doesn't he? Has he done that for the players as well?
3: Yeah, definitely. The likes of Joey as well. You know, the high energy and get round everybody and you know they, they wanna they wanna do well and they they're raising the standards of everybody and everyone's bought into that this year from what I've seen since I've been in and you know everyone's pushing each other to get better every every day. Excited for it to start then now. Can't wait mate. Twelfth I think it's the it twelfth of January Swinton your first friendly game? I think so yeah. Is it twelfth or fourteenth? I think it's the twelfth. Yeah, yeah will say twelve yeah say twelfth, yeah, 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 so Swinton then and I think we got Wigan You've the got week Wigan after. The, your old club, yeah. And then we have a week off and then Season starts All starts again So he will soon be here mate Well all the best for Christmas Brilliant cheers Happy Thank New you. Year And best of luck for next Thank season you. Thanks for speaking to
0: us Cheers us on Paul
1: in the Cheers mate in So Paul Great to be talking to Ian Watson and Gil Dunson About the pre-season And uh, you know Both seem really You know Positive and, and Looking forward to 2019
0: Yes yeah, certainly Certainly As I said there before about, about Gil Dunson He's an experienced uh, Experienced prop forward Forward is his position, as he said, and, and uh, you know played a lot of games in Super League for, for Wigan and, and, and Witness, and I think he'll, he's he's coming to Salford really to to prove himself. I mean, disappointing last year Witness them them getting uh, relegated and struggling in the uh, in the Middle Eights, and I think he's got a point to prove now. He's got a second chance at a Super League club, and I think you'll see uh, see a good a good season from him.
1: Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. You know. <coughs> the whole... Of pre season, we've we've seen pictures from the club, haven't we? Of them, you know, working hard in the gym and and doing ball work and stuff. And you know, I'm quite excited about the season. I think Ian Watson, um, you know, is is looking for you know better uh, 2019, even though 2018 finished off really well. And he's hoping that momentum will carry us through, uh, you know, for 2019.
0: Yeah, 2018 was a struggle at times, wasn't it, Rob? I mean, our, our squad got found out a bit, really, didn't we? Struggled with, with injuries and moved down to the bare bones quite a few times towards the back end of the season, weren't we? Before Joey Lussick and, um, and Jackson has come in and obviously Ed Chamberlain and Greg Burke. So he's going to get a test again this season. He's he's brought players in as well. We mentioned Ken all before as a, as a good sign of the other new signings as well, and you know, Ian's probably one of the most longest serving coaches in the Super League now. He's starting his fourth full season in charge, and don't forget he did the, the back end of 2015 as well. So, um, so yeah, he's a very experienced guy now at, the, at this level with us, Ian. And I'm sure he's going to uh, going to go well for us again. This Martin Gleason steps up now, doesn't he? Martin's uh, sort of the right hand man for Ian Watson, and we'll, we'll see how that partnership goes. Do
1: you, do you think, obviously, you know, with Craig Cockjack going and Matazzi <coughs> going? Ian Watson might have to kind of amend his kind of style of play because obviously Ian Watson <coughs> you know, is known for his big forwards, aggressive middles, kind of you know banging people in the middle and, and being aggressive. And you know the forwards that are brought in um, are more kind of a rugby league kind of players for me rather than rough and tumble forwards.
0: Well, I think I think Gil Dudson's that sort of player. Rob. I think with, with Gil, I think he he'll, he'll try and play the game as similar to. to <coughs> excuse me, I've got a bit of a cough. I think he'll be similar to to Craig Copp. Jack, You know, he's a hard runner. Your he is he's a, he's a big miss, isn't it and, uh, and Ryan Lannon as well. Don't forget, it's gone to AllCare, so we've lost quite a bit in the in the forwards there. But all you know, the guys that we brought in are going to be be chomping, aren't they? To to get going, aren't they? And like I said before, about Adam Lawton, and he's he's a young guy with a lot to prove as well. And obviously the Adam Walker signing who's in the, the league at best today. That that deal's almost done. Adam Walker has been suspended, hasn't he, for his uh, his misdemeanour? So he'll, he'll be back soon as well. So hopefully that deal will get tied up. You know, I think he might miss the first couple of games, but that should be done. So he, he's a, he's another very experienced forward, Rob. So uh, hopefully if we can get him done as well. That that does strengthen us. So uh, I'm sure like Dudson and, and Walker will take the place of of uh, jack and uh, and Lama Tazi because they would they'll be a big miss for us, especially uh, you know going forward. But. Uh, well, no, I'm quietly confident in the, in the guys Ian signed.
1: Yeah, obviously talking about Ian, he's got a tough job, I being the uh, being the head coach picking his uh, squad. You've uh, managed to pick your best, uh, is it best seventeen?
0: Uh, well, I didn't well, how many did Joe pick? Well, oh, he picked a squad,
1: didn't he? Joe he picked a squad. <laughs> he picked about.
0: about fifty players. Boy, yeah. How many did you pick? Have you done yours yet? Well, no,
1: I've done mine. Yeah, I've done mine. I did, I did a squad um, as well.
0: Did you announce yours? Have you not no, done not it yet? Yeah,
1: no. Um, I thought we you got to do yours first. Or do you want me to do mine?
0: Yeah, I'll do
1: mine. Have you got, have you got yours
0: on? You? I've got, I got mine. Here. I wrote mine out a few weeks ago.
1: Oh, well, we'll do yours if you want. We'll do mine next week. How's that sound? OK. So, OK then. So, give me the first person on your squad.
0: My full-back. I went for Steve Gibson. Steve Gibson. Um, I Always like, uh, yeah, Gibbo was a big hero. Man, sort of in the, my early years as a solid supporter, he's my fallback. I was torn really. There was a few Rob I could have picked. Gary Broadbent another huge favourite of mine as well. Mm. Um, but I just opted for, for Gibbo with, that, with my full-back position.
1: Yeah, obviously Steve Gibson, you know, sort of a rangy runner, wasn't he? Um,
0: yep. Not need.
1: No, yeah. You know, he, he was kind of iconic for many soul fans in the in the kind of eighties, wasn't he? Um, well, yeah, I suppose he's, he's, a, he's a you know he'd, he'd definitely make a you know my squad. That's a good goal score, score. Paul, I'll give you that one. What about the next one?
0: Uh, my winger, I went for well, took me two wingers. I went for Tex Evans and Adrian Hadler. Right. another <laughs> two guys that were in like the the my early stages as a, as a supporter. Yeah. I don't think Tex Evans was the, was the greatest winger we ever had, but he was an icon for me as like a as a young sort of youngster. I used to think he looked like He Man at the time in the eighties, and I was a big He Man fan. And I remember my dad taking me old late eighties, and when I saw Tex, he, he sort of sold it to me really, and I think he's to blame for my and obsession. So I had to pick Tex Evans, Adrian Adley. I thought was a was a cracking winger who he signed from from Welsh Rugby, and he scored a lot of tries for us as well in the you know that the late eighties, early nineties. Um, but that was another tough one going for wingers. I mean, Jody Broughton. What a great winger he was for us, you know, late, later on, you know, in the sort of 2000s. Could have picked Jody, really. And uh, Darren Rogers was another one I almost picked. I always liked him as well. So, but I've just plumped it for Tech Sevens and Adrian Hadley as my wingers. My yeah. centres, again, it was really tough for centres. I picked one of my centres, my subs as a centre, but my two centres I went for in the team were Scott Naylor and Peter Williams. I thought Peter Williams was a really classy player again from <coughs> the early days of me so for supporting time. Scott Naylor from, from the nineties, ninety seven team. I thought he was brilliant. Uh, Nathan McAvoy was gonna pick as well, but I had to leave Nathan out. I've just I've just opted for Scott Naylor and Peter Williams. Um yeah. Scott,
1: I was gonna say Scott Naylor it's kind of a rugged center were wasn't he? Nathan <coughs> from Wigan. Yeah. Um scored some good tries, quite physical. Uh, yeah, I think you know, Williams if you've kind of Yeah, I can understand why you've gone for them. It's like a kind of a mix of of ruggedness and smoothness.
0: It's it's really hard though, when you start writing down, you think, oh, I want want more than than two. But the halfbacks were tough as well. It was a tough choice for the halfbacks. I went for Steve Blakely as my standoff, just because I was a huge Steve Blakely fan, especially in those days of the 90s. I mean, Steve Blakely was always there, wasn't he? Played for us for a long time, didn't he? Sort of 1992 till about... 2003, I think he finished it. His last game was against, I think his last game was against Lee in that grand final. So it was like 11 years for us there and, you know, kick goals for fun. Great sidestep. You know, he was unlucky we never won a trophy with Steve Blakely because, you know, I think he deserved a bit more, I think sometimes. And he probably deserved more international recognition than he got. But yeah, great, great standoff for me. And I my mean, number seven was hard. It was hard to pick a number seven. i better put my phone on silent. Oh, um, <laughs> sorry, about, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, I went for Mark Lee as my number
3: seven.
0: Mark Lee? Yeah, well, again, there was a few guys who could have chucked in there. I mean, Luke Robinson, mm. I thought was a decent scrum half. Obviously, Jackson Hastings is there. now. I couldn't have picked him, though. He only played a couple of games. So, I went for Mark Lee just because I wanted Mark in my team. And my hooker... You'll, you'll see in a minute he's an obvious choice and, and Matt Lee could have been my hooker as well but I thought I'm going to have Matt Lee at the scrum half because I know he can play seven or nine just for his drop goals his, his organisation his kicking game and he's he's a, he's a top guy as well and he Lee played for us for years another guy played over ten years for us so he's my seven my two props again tough choice Cliff Eccles cool. just because he's, he's, he's. I just thought Cliff Eccles was a top player again I remember in the 97 season, I think he played over 100, 100 consecutive appearances. He just seemed to be there every week, running his blood to water. And my really other prop was Sean Rutgersen. Mm-hmm. I thought he'd run for a brick wall for you. He really would. And again, probably not the most gifted player in the world, but a real, real trier, Sean Rutgerson. Tackle anything. And, and he he's one of those players that runs as hard in the 80th minute as he did in the first minute. And I've got an awful lot of time for him. So Cliff Eccles and Sean Rutgersen. My hooker was Malcolm Olker Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've heard people say about that Willow's well, oh, he didn't deserve to be in that because of what he's done you know, since he's left rugby league. I mean, that's whatever. I'm not bothered about that. I picked him because he was just a hero growing up, really. I mean, I've said it before to you. He was like having a soldier on the pitch, weren't it? The way he used to marshal us around the team. He'd, he'd played through the paint. How many times did he like had his appendix out or something? And he played the next week. So the commitment of that lad, I mean, absolutely outstanding athlete. <clears throat> My second row was was a tough choice I went for John Cartwright I know he didn't play like loads and loads of games for us but I remember him making his debut against Cass in 97 in the Challenge Cup and he came out to warm up and he come that, that, that stand behind the goals I was stood near the bottom like, against that white fence and he came walking over and he was absolutely enormous and his legs were that big I think he had to rip his shorts to, to get him on because like a V at the side, the side of him and uh, I just thought he was tremendous and I was just gutted that season when he broke his arm because he missed quite a few games uh, Andy Coley was my other second rower. I know Andy Coley played a bit in the props, but when he first came to us from Swinton, he was he was he was such a strong running second rower, and that was another tough one because we've had some good good guys in that position, haven't we? So um, I plumped it for Andy Coley. Loose forward, I couldn't split these two in loose forward. You might be able to help me out. I went with Chris Charles and Andy Burgess. I couldn't split them. Chris Charles because I loved his goal kicking. Yeah, uh, yeah. Top goal kicker, top player, nice guy as well. And Andy Burgess, what a, a nice guy! Andy Burgess is local guy as well, Southwold lad. So I don't know. You might have to split them two for me there because I couldn't decide.
1: Well, I'm a. I'm a <coughs> how many games you can't right play for us? Uh, probably about sixteen.
0: Sixteen. So, he's more, he's, more, yeah,
1: so he's more than. Uh what Joel picked, the uh So well, 16s a good number, I'll give you that one. Um Chris Charles or Andy Burgess. Mm, he's probably gonna go you know Chris Charles because kicks goals as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'll go with Chris Charles. Yeah. Sorry, Andy.
1: Quite
0: a close strong, one
1: though. Strong team, I agree with, with Malcolm Alka. You know, he was like a warrior on the on the field, Mr Salford. <coughs> uh, I picked Salford. four subs as well. Yeah, who's your four subs then?
0: these were hard to pick these were guys that could have got into the, the first team so I put them on the bench oh, Steve Kerry it, another yeah. good another good scrum half I could have picked him for scrum half uh, Ian Bragger was a centre we signed from Keefley I think I remember him playing late eight, about 89 I think he scored he scored about 17-18 tries in the season um, I don't think he played the whole season but he just had a season from you know like a season from heaven where yeah. he, just, he was just brilliant and then we sold him to Castleford <laughs> Yeah, so and and I think he just drifted out of the game out of that, but he he was a really sort of tall centre, Um, liked him, really liked him. David Hume Hume. is another one I picked. I know when we signed David, he was sort of at the back end of his career, wasn't he? He'd been an outstanding international for witness, but I always thought he, he played above his weight for us. In sort of 96, 97, we had them battles with Keith and that. And mm-hmm. he's a really tough guy as well, was he? Really, really hard as nails, David you So I think he'd be handed to him on your bench. And my last one was Sam Paniper. I could have picked him for me loose forward, Sam Panapa, because I know he didn't play Super League for us, but he played those two seasons before Super League, 95, 96. And we got him from Wigan then. He was just a class act. Even then, as he was sort of coming towards the end of his career, I still think he was a class player. So I think he'd be handed to him on your bench. But... There's about 12 players that i have not picked there that i have wrote down yeah. that I couldn't picked, so I've I've done my best with that, Rob, yeah, anyway. It'll you, be interesting to hear yours.
1: Yeah, you'll hear mine next week, but obviously, looking at the squad there, if, if it's <coughs> like a team, if you were going to sort of take this team, put this team out to play, y- your bench has only got Hume and Panapa on. They're not far, we're not big forwards. Eccles and um... Rochington are going to be working hard. They're going to, have to do eighty minutes aren't they for you. Oh, I
0: never thought of it like that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think this team was playing a game.
1: Yeah, well, I'm just, you know, that's why I look at it when I'm picking my team. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be a team that's going to function. Um, but yeah, you know, in, you know, you've got you've got mixtures, do you? have got you know a bit of class, you've got a bit of skill, you've got a bit of a bit of hard work. You know, I think that team would go go far.
0: I think, with me picking that, I think it was more <clears throat> my favourite sort of players, really, yeah. who, who tended to pick. They may not have been the best players in the world, like sort of, Tex Evans and things like that. I mean, you know, Tex was a good player, but there's probably been better wingers. I've probably seen better wingers at solve. I mean, David Hodgson's another one who probably, technically probably was a better player than Tex Evans. So was Jody yeah, Brown. There's probably no argument, but just because he liked him and the character he was, I think that's, that's how I sort of picked him, really. So, I think it just just depends. I think you could do so many teams, couldn't you? you could pick an '80s team, a '90s team, a '2000s team. You, you could do whatever with those teams. I think it's great. I mean, we should put it out to our listeners, get them to pick their all-time sort of favourite solve for 30 I know the club are doing the the Willow's Wall at the moment and having the. I think it's really exciting every Tuesday when they put a different player up and you have to you have to do the vote. I mean, um, they've been doing that, haven't they, on the on the Facebook page and on the Twitter? And uh, it's great to see people's opinions from from different areas as well. You know, who see players. I mean, if you notice my team, there I've not picked any. Obviously, because I didn't see him play any of the guys from the 70s but yeah, I probably could have done off, off stories that my dad's told me but um, I just t- tended to go for players that I have seen but I think it's great listening to people's opinions and, and stories of, of their favorite players
1: yeah it's going to be exciting and you'll hear uh, mine next week because I'm gonna to, to trim mine down because I did a squad
0: how many have we you done? done
1: I've done a whole squad really
0: all right well now <laughs> well, how we players
1: yeah. well no 2023 20, it was
0: yeah.
1: uh, but now you've now you said it's going to have to be a 17.
0: You should have done a coach as well, shouldn't we? You need a coach to coach that team. Oh, you know? yeah.
1: So it he would, he would be a coach. Um, no, I, coach. A, I liked liked a, liked a, a, like him. I like tam- say Matt Parish because he was only there for like. Two games. Oh, no, I'm not
0: saying <laughs> um, I like Kevin Tammy because I always thought he's really cool. So on the the club roof with his rain mac on, looked like Colombo. But <laughs> I'm a big Carl Harrison fan. I, I like. I mean, you know, you're a Carl. You like Carl. Actually, yeah, yeah. I thought I thought the way he coached us in sort of all three, four, especially when we played Lee in that promotion season. didn't take any prisoners, did he, Carl? And he, I really liked his, his passion. I, I think he did a good job at Salford and I would have liked him to see him stay there a bit longer. So. Um, I think Andy Gregory as well. Or Andy Gregory did such a good job in it. So I don't know. Well, I'll leave him coachless for now.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that was that was Paul's uh, best seventeen. And next up on the Devil of Detail, we're going to look forward to the Swinton game on Saturday. It's, it's time, time for the Devil of Detail three 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 back, three, three, So, so for a Devils take on Swinton Lions on Saturday, one o'clock kickoff at the AJ Bell Stadium. Paul, um, what what's Ian Watson's plan for this? Is he just give as many players as much of a run out as possible, or is he looking at kind of building structures and seeing how it goes?
0: Um, I think a bit of both really, Rob, because there's not that many. Excuse me, there's not many um, preseason games. Is he only playing two? So you can't sort uh, do a lot of messing about against Swinton, then expect it all to come good against Wigan the week after. I'm sure he'll try. I would have thought he'd play his best 30, what he's to start off with. I would have thought so. Uh, what, what he thinks is his best you and then obviously change it round and work on a few combinations as well. Because you've got a bit of competition for places there, haven't you? I mean, is he going to be a starter? Or is he going to go with Josh Wood? Is he going to go with Joey Lucic? We'll see how that combination works. I would have thought he's going to go with Louis and Aces at half-back, definitely. Um, so we'll have to uh, we'll have to say, I don't think the, the, the club have announced the squad numbers yet, haven't they?
1: No, no. I suppose they're trying to keep that. As close to
0: oh, I, I've seen as the
1: them. Box maybe. <laughs> I but saw them
0: when I, I interviewed. <laughs> yeah. I,
1: suppose,
0: I, suppose, I won't tell you what they are though. <laughs>
1: no, but I suppose, I suppose you know with with a friendly, you don't really have to kind of name a, a squad. No, you can no. Bring people no, in no. from the seventeens, can't you as well? You no, know, they might be. Yeah, you know, might yeah. be a good idea to kind of bring them in really, because obviously they're yeah. playing, you know, at a decent level. But to play Swinton might be an up a level up for them, and they're going to be able to use the game as a as a sort of a springboard. That he'll see if he can actually compete
3: at
0: that level. Uh, yeah, that be be up, Rob. yeah, I think it'd be a massive step up from my like, playing college rugby league to playing against Swinton. Let's let's have it right. Swinton, you are a, a decent side. These are these are blokes that are playing now, they've got some experienced players as well. So I think that'd be that'd be tough if he wants to put maybe one on the bench or something. I'm not so sure whether they do that, but yeah, I think it's it's all about getting that ring rustiness out as well, isn't it? It'd be good to. to the players are probably feeling an awful lot better once they've got through this, this game on, on Saturday and then obviously you step it up then don't you for, for the weekend game the week after I think we've got like a break then and then bang it straight into the Huddersfield game so I, I think you know probably be, be looking at combinations like I said before there's, there's, play, there's competition there as well and you've got to look at the, the three-quarter line as well we've got like a CO there now you've got Jake Bibby there you've got Greg Johnson there you've got Ed Chamberlain there you've got Daryl Olfurtz there Wellham Junior South how are you going to work that combination out, that equation of who's going to be two centres, who's going to be two wingers. So, we'll be looking at that now. We'll be looking in training as well. And um, I'm sure the players will be wanting to impress on on, on Saturday. And uh, I'm hoping they're all going to be looking sharp. But uh, like I said, once they need that match fitness as well. So, uh, I think we'll see some combinations and some chopping and changing at our time, no doubt.
1: Give us your score prediction for the uh, the game against
0: Swinton uh, oh, I haven't really thought about that, to be honest. I don't want to be too disrespectful to Swinton, so uh, I'll say Salford thirty-four, Swinton eight.
1: Thirty-four, eight. I'm thinking round about forty, ten, something like that, maybe forty-twenty. Because I think I think you'll you'll do enough in that first sort of half an hour to blow a few cobwebs, then rotate and bring a few kids on.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of it depends on on Swindon as well. I mean, I only saw them a couple of times last season. I know they did struggle in the championship, didn't they? I know they brought some some players in. You know, looking at people's predictions and stuff, I've read in the press, people are predicting it to, to struggle again. So <coughs> I, I don't know how they're going to go. It'll be interesting to see how they. I mean, I hope I hope they do well. I wish them well in their championship uh, campaign, but uh, all will be revealed on uh, on the on the weekend.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, Paul. Uh I've got to say happy new year to our list, all our listeners out there, Paul. And uh, special mention to uh, a lad in Australia.
0: Oh yeah, Mark. Hey yeah, a special mention to Mark. He's uh, been been chatting to me on the old social media and his dad at uni as well. They're big uh, big fans of the podcast. So I know, And Mark was telling me he sent me a photograph of his, his new dog. He's got a new puppy. Guess what it's called? Is it called Salford? he's called Solvin yeah no, yeah. Know. so uh, he needs to be the new uh, podcast ma- mascot doesn't he yeah so, uh,
3: <laughs> but yeah he,
0: he's, he's a nice guy I've never met Matt but he's, he's a really nice guy and the messages he sends Um uh you know he he he's he's always like really thankful of the podcast. I know he enjoys listening to him. He's a really passionate supporter as well. And you know it's stuff like that. I think it means a lot to us, doesn't it, Rob? You know people giving us nice feedback and saying they enjoyed the show. I mean that's that's why we do it, really. It's for people to get some enjoyment about listening to us. And hopefully we can we can meet up with Mark next time he comes over. Or perhaps we could get over to Australia and see him. You never know. You never know. You never you never know what happens. But um, yeah, all the best, Mark, and your daddy and, and all your family, and uh, you know all the best for 2019.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you a i story about Paul. I bumped into a, a fellow reading sale who I was in B and M buying some um, hay for me rabbits. And he he just popped up. B M, right. what's that? What um, you know, like B and M, you know like um BQ. Before. No, you know it gets um, you get all kinds of stuff in there. You don't just have B and M where you live.
0: B and M. Like, I don't, I don't,
1: I, just, I don't go shopping. You know, you're like, oh, it's a good story, I do get in there. Uh, what well, was it, work? Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, was get, I was in there and he just, I just looked over my shoulder and he was there and he was like, all right, you're looking forward to the new season? And I was like, yeah, great. And it's, you know, things like that, because he, obviously he's come up to me before in the say and said, you, you run the podcast and, you know, I really enjoy it. And it's moments like where you, you, it makes all this worth it. You know, people. What was like, he
0: called? Who was it?
1: Keep people. Uh, he lives in Sale. He's got nice dogs. I've seen him uh, walking up and down on a Saturday while I'm uh, helping my missus out in a new cafe in Sale. And uh, he's a good lad. Talks about Solvers Red Devils to me in the podcast. And it's you know appreciate you know people come to you and say how much they enjoy the podcast. And uh, it was great to bump into him again.
0: Yeah, that's cool, that mate. And hopefully this uh, 2019, we can make the podcast even bigger and better for the listeners. And uh, you know, all the best to uh, to the lad for this season what was his name Ricky
1: Ricky, Ricky was it P, sort of. was called, Ricky P, P. Yeah. all the best mate. yeah and all big thanks, thanks to everyone who, who tunes in as well Paul it's great when everyone you know takes an hour of their time uh, every week just to listen to us talk so for a devil's and have opinions on it
0: yeah it certainly is that's what makes it worthwhile it? like I said before Rob it's that's what we do it for just because of the, the love of it and you know just getting our points across and um, no I think it's great I really enjoy doing the podcast mate it's a massive part of my life and it? It, is, it is with you as well isn't it and uh, You know, we're looking forward to doing it all again in 2019,
1: mate. Yeah, big thanks for tuning in to this week's uh, Devil in the Detail podcast. I've been Rob Parkinson, that's been Paul Whiteside. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter, at the ITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Radio Contacts. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.